We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy College Football Podcast. I'm James Anderson, joined, of course, by Mario Puig and John McKechnie, our two college football experts here at Rotowire in office. Uh, guys, I know it's it's kind of a sad week, kind of a sad month. Um, you know, I'm probably going to go home after this and, and once again uh, put together some candles and maybe... Uh, sing some hymns in, in honor of Nick Chubb. Uh, maybe then take take a nice little uh, razor to my face and, and cleanse myself of the the horror that happened uh, wow. last week in that Georgia game with with Nick Chubb going down. Uh, we'll Wait, pro- are you shaving or are you going I'm, to harm I'm, yourself? I'm gonna, I'm gonna shave. I'm oh, gonna, okay, I'm gonna keep good. It, I'm gonna keep good. it that's, really clean. That's okay if you want to. I do mean, that. it's 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 literally impossible. I would say uh, if you have a uh, high school education to, to harm yourself with with Harry's razors. Very safe product. Uh, use them. You know, I use them maybe three times a week. But if you 
grow facial hair like a man, then you might use them more often than that. I actually used one this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mario, the, the second right shift. Now. The second shift is that Mario like came back from lunch with a with a full on beard, uh, despite shaving with his his hairy razors this morning. It's not the blade's fault. It's the freakish <laughs> hair growth. To be clear, Mediaism. You know, I our our buddy Andrew Laird, who does all the the soccer coverage at Rotowire, uh, he was you know obviously. You know, he's a man of fine taste. You know, he likes, uh, you know, he likes soccer. He likes hip hop from the 90s. He obviously likes this podcast because he was listening to it. And then he, he realized that Harry's actually sponsors the podcast and he was able to get $5 off uh, some blades that he's actually been ordering uh, for full price over the past year or so. So uh, Laird definitely can, can speak to the, the quality of the product there coming from Harry's. Uh, say goodbye to choosing between expensive brands or cheap disposables and say hello to Harry's high-quality blades at a price you'll love. Go to harrys.com right now and enter code RWCFB at checkout to get $5 off your first purchase. Get a month's worth of shaving for just $10 with code RWCFB at checkout. That's harrys.com, code RWCFB. All right, so do we want to hate on... Oklahoma really quick because I kind of do um they let it, let it flow yeah I hate them they like they just you, oh. you knew that there was like maybe a tiny chance that that stupid rivalry would the Red River shootout do does wacky stuff like and I, do we blame it on do we hate the rivalry game or Oklahoma I, or both? I'd be fine hate Oklahoma because like, they blew it I believe two years ago when they were far superior to Texas yeah this, as well, this with, whole thing Oklahoma actually yeah they they do typically uh not help me out when I need them to um you know, I like some of the players that they've had over the years, but they need to set Sterling free. I don't. Yeah, that's the worst thing of all. This Sterling Shepard is the man, and they're just yeah. holding him down. But it's it's a shame. Uh, Baker Mayfield probably the gets the full brunt of my hate this week, just because you know. I mean, really, the the types of quarterbacks that are able to put up more points than he did last week. I mean, you've seen it from guys like Joel Stavi. I mean, just. <laughs> Perry Hills had I a mean, better game. Than Perry he Hills ran for like, more than he threw for, or something like that. <laughs> like, so Perry Hills can't run either. So it doesn't no, make any sense. There's, I mean, maybe maybe Mitch Leidner hasn't been able to put up a game like like Baker Mayfield had this this past week. But that's, I mean, that's the only name that really comes to mind if we're talking uh, guys that have sucked more than than Baker Mayfield <laughs> did last week. Um, He's been so good this year. We're being so unfair. It's great. I know. He, um, he's like the third most expensive. Te- but Texas seriously, is just burning us everywhere. You know, when we least expect him. I mean, Texas. We need them to stink. Who, who lit Texas up the week before? Like for like 50 Dude, some like points, you, 60 maybe? points? Yeah, TCU. Okay. Well, California put like 40 on them. Yeah. It, um, anyway. Yeah, I mean, real quarterbacks with, with Let real it be noted. Features, unlike uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, so the, the Thursday only slate here. Uh, really, I think they just created this slate so that people could uh, get Western Kentucky uh, in their lineups uh, on one day at least, even though it's a, it's a Thursday game. Western Kentucky, 32.5 point favorites at North Texas. Over-under is 69.5. Uh, I mean, is there is it even that fun to play this slate, knowing that you basically have to pay up for Dottie? Well, I, I guess... Do, or I, do you? It's it's pretty much something I would do ten times out of ten, but I, I it's not as if I've ever placed uh, first in some sort of enorm- enormous tournament, and uh, maybe you do need to kind of get that lower ownership thing. But on the other hand, looking at the other options, it seems more likely that uh, picking 
anyone other than Doty is just a good way to guarantee you get left behind by the rest of the horde instead of, um, you know, separating at the at the you know before the finish line shows up. So I I don't I don't know how to how to apply the game theory part of that to play devil's advocate against Doty at all because I'm not going to go with Rosen. Uh, Kevin Hogan maybe would be the the contrarian play because uh, even if Jeremy Johnson's back for the Auburn at Kentucky. Can't really see him doing anything that's going to get you to the top of the scoreboard. So, yeah, it's it seems like a Western Western Kentucky stack uh, is the way to go, and it's like the winner of the of all the GPPs is probably going to have just the arbitrarily correct combination of their receivers who score the most. I feel like Kevin Hogan is just waiting for enough people to kind of buy in on him on the DFS side before he just really blows up in everyone's face. So maybe this will be the week that that happens. Uh, Brandon Doty's his Doty's numbers are just kind of insane, though. I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of crazy. They're going to play LSU in a couple weeks. Is this like the type of offense that you think could hang with like a real team like that? No, they lost to Indiana, and I mean, <laughs> well, to be fair to them, they did beat Vanderbilt, but that was like fourteen to thirteen. Like mm-hmm. LSU's defense might not be as good as Vanderbilt's, but LSU's offense is gonna put up more than thirteen. So but not that that's that's that that Western Kentucky is even remotely in consideration for that tier of college football play right now shows what, you know, a fantastic job they've done as a program. Absolutely. Yeah, and Doty threw for four hundred and eighty four yards against Indiana and they still lost. Like this is game, a so. sorry, real quickly, Western Kentucky is a team that's like three years removed from going winless over two or three years or something like that back when they had yeah willie taggart showed up and bobby rainey uh went crazy like that that was when the change started to uh, occur and then uh we got brahm coming in here and uh you know taking them to the next level it is crazy to look at where they were like four years ago so that ucla stanford game uh stanford six and a half point favorites at home uh, over under 54 i mean is there any skill position players here to, to talk about yeah uh Christian McCaffrey has to be in play. He's not getting so many touchdowns with Raymond Wright poaching, but uh, he's he's probably like their most talented pass catcher in addition to their best runner. So Kevin Kevin Hogan can't do everything in that game or any particular game. So it's you'd you'd think McCaffrey at seventy eight hundred. I definitely prefer that over the top uh, price player of Paul Perkins at eighty two hundred. Uh, Paul Perkins is great, but. Uh, when you're the road team and you're the underdog, it's it's generally bad policy to take him over uh, McCaffrey, who has the exact uh, opposite of uh, those conditions there. Uh, Auburn, two and a half point favorites on the road in Kentucky. Fifty one and a half is the over under there. That's the last game of this this very small Thursday slate. Where would you be uh, looking there if you wanted to get some action? Um, well, uh, at 6,000, uh, Stanley Boom Williams is coming back this week. He missed Kentucky's uh, most recent game, and then they're just coming off a bye, so he'll be fresh. Um, and obviously, Auburn's defense has proven to be uh, not really as good as like the sum of all of its parts. Uh, it's been pretty disappointing. Obviously, Leonard Fournette made them look like children, so he could be a possibility. <coughs> And uh, Peyton Barber also is, uh, you know, 7,500. I'd, I'd probably go with McCaffrey against UCLA instead of him for the $300 extra. But, I mean, he had five touchdowns in his last game. So, I mean, he's, he's definitely not a bad play either. 
Yeah, Barber's really talented, and it seems like Gus Malzahn finally noticed like five touchdowns against San Jose State, obviously. Um, <clears throat> I should mention quickly, we still don't know, or at least as of uh, the last time I checked the internet, we don't know whether Jeremy Johnson or Sean White will start at quarterback. Um, some AL.com uh, writer, I wish I, I apologize for not knowing their name, but they wrote that it the sense basically around Auburn is that uh, with his time out of the starting lineup, Jeremy Johnson has gotten, you know, the the extra like mind clearing time that he needed uh, staying out of the spotlight to kind of like get back to the form that he showed in the preseason and what he showed last year against Arkansas that made him such a, you know, trendy breakout player, Heisman leader even. And uh, obviously he failed in the most spectacular way to this point, but Kentucky's defense isn't that great. So if Jeremy Johnson is in, um, not not that he's like uh, someone you wouldn't necessarily want to pick over Doty, but it could be a revival as a whole for the Auburn offense, in which case you, you would like Barber ceiling all the more. And also Ricardo Lewis, their receiver, their clear lead receiver, uh, even before Dakil Williams got uh, dismissed from the team, Ricardo Lewis was their clear lead guy. So I don't think many people are going to be on him because he's been playing hurt and they threw the ball like 10 times last week. So he didn't have any numbers there. But I like Lewis's chance of getting back on track uh, against Kentucky, especially right. if Johnson's playing. Sorry. The uh, the Friday only slate: uh, Cincinnati at BYU. Uh, BYU six and a half point favorites, and the over under there is sixty two. Uh, do you guys like BYU to to cover that? Is is there enough talent on that roster? I mean, it's tough to it's tough to tell what that game is going to be like in general because we don't know whether it's going to be Hayden Moore or Gunnar Keel starting at quarterback for Cincinnati. Either one should be an above-average producer, and uh, therefore, it seems like... I mean, in general, this looks like a shootout game. It's just the exact uh, faces that's difficult to predict. Cincinnati, in particular, has deep receivers and deep running backs both. They go three deep at running back between Hosey Williams, Tian Green, and Mike Boone impossible to tell which of them can go off but uh one of them can multiple ones can the receivers are the exact same way they're like six deep uh Shaq washington's clearly in the lead because he just gets so many targets even if he doesn't score that many touchdowns but uh mikhail mckay is the big target in their field stretching guy along with chris moore another field stretcher they both can make really big plays um but yeah byu just uh it's amazing how many people they've lost to injury and in the case of jamal williams just leaving the team then Algie Brown steps in for four touchdowns last week. Uh, they're pretty deep at receiver, too. It's like Devin Blackman led them last week, but Taron Hawk, uh, who's listed as a tight end on FanDuel and is a great play as a tight end on FanDuel, um, but also Mitch Matthews, the 6'6 guy who gets by far the most targets. Nick Kurtz, uh, yeah, it's hard to predict which players are going to go off in a game like that, but it does seem to be kind of like a GPP you know, uh, ideal setting because somebody will... And not many people are going to guess who it is. So it's 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 something to approach, at least from that angle, probably. Uh, you know, one one reason to kind of throw a little more hate out there is <laughs> what what do we got to do to get the warden, Greg Ward, back on the Saturday slate? Because, you know, that's that's really where he belongs. That's where he where, where he needs to be, I think. And it's where Houston belongs. Yeah. I mean, Houston uh, playing Friday. 19 point favorites at Tulane over under there 60 and a half uh I mean you just loading up on on Houston guys I mean that that's probably the the funnest game to watch there I guess if you're, if you're going to play that Friday slate 
I think there's actually a question of whether you go with Greg Ward at 10,300, which um, is kind that's, of crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's worth the price. He's it's so just good. that uh, with that BYU Cincinnati game, um, the Cincinnati situation in particular, if, if people just set their lineups early and don't check out the uh, last second news break about whether it's going to be more keel. Um, I personally have no idea. I don't know where that's going mm-hmm. because it's, it, they both seem pretty good. It's hard to tell, but um, anyway, Tanner Mangum for BYU is going to throw pretty well, I think. He's not a dual threat like Greg Ward, obviously, but at 2200 cheaper, that that's something he might you know get like 10 to 12 fewer points than Ward, and that, that extra cash can let you, you, you know, get somebody that you otherwise would not be able to, especially it'd be good to, I think, get Kenneth Farrow this week, the Houston running back. Like, he started really slow, but I th- like my own projections and a lot of other people's projections and just like a general look at what an offense like at Houston's level uh, typically produces like, and you knew the touchdowns were going to come soon. Like Greg Ward can't run for, you know, like whatever 36 touchdowns they're on pace for probably. Or Uh, or could he? He could, I guess. (laughs) Theoretically. If, uh, but yeah, Pharaoh, Pharaoh's a good bet to, even if they don't play him that much, even if he's only like a first half player, like just like last week, he can go multiple touchdowns. So, uh, he, he's worth targeting at 7,300, um, as, as, uh, especially if Jeremy McNichols, the Boise State running back who's questionable with a concussion, if he's out, then I think Pharaoh's got to be kind of like the top-ranked play along with Algie Brown. Yeah, there was like there was news I think that came out that uh, Houston was going to be the next school to join a power conference. Oh yeah, so, I mean Greg- they should join the Big Twelve and Kansas gets sent to the Big Ten. Is that how these things <laughs> yeah, work? That like, would be a perfect Kansas a gets sent perfect out of fit. college football. Well, that's preparation. that's true, but like I I don't know, like, Rutgers and Maryland already got dumped on the Big Ten. We're, Indiana and sorry. Purdue were already there. Is, is Kansas <laughs> the team we most went out of the Big Twelve? Like in terms of. Because, I mean, they're fun to play against, like, when you have a, a sweet offense. I don't know. Is there any team in there that really just kind of sucks the life out of games? Or I can't remember. I don't know. I mean, it's it's no it's no SEC, you know. I kind of want I want Texas or Oklahoma to get kicked oh, out right. so we don't have to deal with that rivalry anymore. <laughs> just put an end to it. That's right. We hate them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's Houston's, Houston should go up. Maybe, like, Temple should go up. Some some sure. teams, some programs have earned some demotions even more so than they've earned promotions. Right, right. Absolutely. Greg Ward is, has earned some money. I hope that they're they're paying him under the table there. Uh, <laughs> UNLV seven point favorites at Fresno State. Over under is fifty four in that one. Anything to to see here other than a couple of terrible defenses? Uh, Devonte Boyd only at five thousand. I think he's a very nice play at that price. Um, you know. He had a touchdown last week. He's caught two t- touchdowns in two of his last three games. Uh, he's pretty reliable uh, as like a double-digit uh, option at $5,000. Yeah, their quarterback actually uh, for UNLV, uh, Palandek. I don't even know his name. Sorry, hang on a second. Uh, Kurt. Kurt uh, is 6500 and uh, that's probably like more than he's probably worth paying for as a gamble a gpp type gamble but uh he gets volume as a runner he's not particularly efficient at it but that always leaves open the possibility for a touchdown run and uh like john said Devonte boyd is there and uh Devonte boyd is really really good and it's against fresno state who are just like one of the very very worst teams in the country they they might see some short field they might see bad defense they might see both of those so even though unlv hasn't produced much to this point i think there's reason to believe they'll do well in this game um but yeah otherwise 
Uh, the running back for UNLV, who appears to be their lead runner, is Keith Whiteley. He's only he's only forty eight hundred, and again, Fresno is really, really, really bad. So uh, Whiteley's been a guy who's kind of been at like the twelve to fifteen carry range for the most part. Uh, I think I think even with a modest workload like that, I think the matchup and the price make him an entirely worthwhile consideration. Nothing for Fresno, I don't think. Or wait, Martiz Waller, he's really good actually. He's just uh, the the quarterback. Yeah, the the the, the quarterback situation at Fresno is a complete train wreck of like you know legendary uh, proportions. But Martiz Waller, fifty nine hundred, he he's definitely one of the best running backs in the country. It's just the team around him is is pitiful. He's played some really tough defenses to this point, including uh, Utah, Utah State, and Mississippi. So fifty nine hundred. He's a guy who is like pretty much universally projected as a top 25 fantasy back nationwide. And if you believe he'll progress to the mean at any point, uh, UNLV's run defense might be, you know, a good, especially at home, UNLV's run defense might present that opportunity. Yeah, I want to say that they're really, really bad. Uh, most years they're, they're down towards the bottom. I don't think they're quite as far down as they usually are. But yeah, I mean, that might be a nice opportunity. Uh, Boise State is nine and a half point favorites at utah state uh lowest over under of the friday slate at 46 and a half uh you see anything you like there john um i have brett rippon is sort of like my uh if i'm not going the greg ward route i'm i'm rolling with uh, brett rippon there um spurbeck is obviously coming off a monster game and i think that's going to lead to a lot of uh, like a high ownership uh especially in tournaments uh, that might be a, a bit of a risky play. I mean, he is probably their best receiver, but I, it's hard to imagine him uh, having a repeat performance of last week, so I might fade on him. The Utah State defense is really great, uh, so is Boise's. <clears throat> I can't see Utah State really getting anywhere on offense. Uh, Kent Myers is a totally good quarterback, but he doesn't have much of an aerial element, and I think Boise's good enough to shut down the run. Um Sorry to interrupt your note in here, James, but uh, Devontae May is the running back for Utah State who broke out for three touchdowns last week. Uh, won't have the opportunity to do that this week, I don't think. Um, the big difference between... I don't even remember who they were playing. It was somebody not that good, though. And uh, Boise's the exact opposite. Boise's really, really good. They still have Lawan Hunt for some reason playing. At, he's been so bad and May's so good. It doesn't make any sense that they give Hunt the ball. But can't rule out them still keeping hunt involved especially in passing down situations um <clears throat> i'm probably not going with uh, hunter sharp the utah state receiver who's really quite good just just an awful matchup uh but otherwise uh, I, I agree with john that like ripon is a pretty interesting play despite the uh bat uh, despite the bad matchup for him utah state defense is so good but ripon i mean Let's forget Josh Rosen. Rippon looks like the best freshman quarterback of all time right now. He's he's really doing really good. Uh, very developed as a passer, and which is which is it's just crazy how how well he's passed the ball so far. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a tight end on this slate, I think uh, the most interesting one is probably Holden Huff of Boise. So uh, he, he's a good bet to get uh, one of the touchdowns that Rippon is likely to throw. I think. All right, that sounds good. Uh, think you're good at fantasy football? Prove it at FanDuel.com. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football. The money is real. They are expecting to pay out $2 billion this year. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Saturday and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Finally, it can pay to be a fan. 
Uh, like we said, I mean, you, you can't use uh, Greg Ward uh, or, or Dottie or Doty in the, the Saturday slate, but there's plenty of guys you can use. I'll be using uh, plenty of guys in the Texas Tech offense and the, the Baylor offense that we'll be covering here in a, in a second. But, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of points to be had in that, that Saturday slate. Hey, uh, James, sorry, can I interrupt really quickly? I forgot to mention, as far as the Thursday-Friday stuff, Western Kentucky running back Anthony Wells is definitely better than DeAndre Furby, who had been starting the recent weeks, but that was just because oh, nice. Anthony Wales uh, was out for like two months with a, with a knee injury. He's back. He's really good. He was pushing Leon Allen for snaps before the injury. So uh, Wales for sure, uh, really good player in, in, in an explosive offense. He's obviously a great play, I think. Anyway, sorry, back to uh Well, I mean, that, that's, that's nice. That's I mean, great. any incentive to play that Thursday slate, I will uh, get on board with that. Uh, earlier this month, Wayne from Idaho won 10000 bucks off a $2 entry fee. That could be you. Join him and over 1 million other users who have already won money on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code RWCFB and sign up now. This is a special offer for new users. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it with up to 200 bucks. It gets earned as you play. Uh, that's a bonus of up to $200. This offer is only good for the first 50 people that use our code RWCFB today. All right, the early Saturday slate, the the one we've all been waiting for. Uh, we'll start it off with West Virginia at Baylor. Uh, Baylor, 21.5-point favorites, which really kind of, given the way they've been playing, is is quite a quite a tip of the cap to West Virginia, I guess. Uh, Over-under there is 78. Is this game going to be one of those where Baylor really has to kind of keep the the pedal to the metal all game long or is it going to be another another blowout for them i I can't believe the spread is that big actually i i think west virginia is a really good team if wendell if i I can't remember what his issue is but if wendell smallwood the west virginia running back is in for that game i would be pretty surprised if baylor scored enough to create a 21 or more point margin uh west virginia's defense has been really quite good uh, I believe they're allowing under 50% of their passes, uh, opponents' passes to be completed. Seth Russell hasn't had a test yet. This is a big test. It's it's a huge jump in level of competition. I'm I I was hyping Russell a lot all off season and up to this point, but I'm probably not going to go after him at that price. Being at home is is a big help. Like last year, the Bryce Petty mess that we. Uh, James and I and also DVR we got our hate on really bad when Bryce Petty uh, was screwing up I that mean, time luck well luckily we I think you know I think at least you and I Mario got out on the the Petty stuff real early I mean I think a lot of people are even still to this day saying that he uh, has a future as a as a professional quarterback. Well, wow, we're really going to great hating extents, right? Now. <laughs> like, right. Uh, if we can pause to hate on Bryce Petty for a moment, wait, you brought him up. You said I, I, sorry, you I, said that, that was Petty. an error. Okay, uh, but anyway, uh, so <laughs> Russell's better than Petty. They're at home, so I don't think it's like they're going to get you know rocked like Petty did. Uh, but still, ninety eight hundred. There's going to be other high scoring quarterbacks. I don't know if if Russell's the guy that I'll approach. And anyway. Uh, as, as I was saying about Smallwood, if he's in, I kind of like him. He can catch the ball. He's a good runner. Uh, Russell, I can't say his name. Russell Shell, I don't like so much. The the other West Virginia running back who kind of gets like between the tackle novelty carries. Uh, but yeah, one, one or multiple of the West Virginia receivers could really go off. Uh, 
uh, Shelton Gibson has been the top guy. Joe Von Durante has been second. Dakil Shorts is a veteran player who has a history of producing. He hasn't really done anything this year. But uh, yeah, those that that West Virginia offense could have something if only because you know there's going to be so many possessions in this game. By that stretch, do you like uh, Skylar Howard at all? Uh, let's see, 7,700. I think he actually is a very interesting GPP consideration because uh, people probably won't be on him that much after last week's disaster. Like he's he's not that great of a quarterback in a you know traditional quarterback throwing quarterback sense, but he's really good at the college level and he's a good runner. So if maybe maybe if Smallwood is out, you bump up Skylar Howard because he might get a stab at some of that rushing uh, production. But yeah, as, as far as a cash game thing, I probably would not approach Howard, even though the over under and his own skill set is history make it pretty tempting to use him in either scenario. So, you know, if, I guess if we're a little pessimistic on Russell, then does that mean we're also probably not paying up for Corey Coleman, who is $700 more than the next highest price receiver on this slate? Or is Corey Coleman invincible and will he get a few more scores? He's invincible, but man, Tajay Sharp too low again, 7,900. I mean, I know he's, I know he's up, but 7,900 last week was the, was Tajay Sharp week. Yeah. Um, The party is over. It might still be Tajay (laughs) Sharp week to some extent, but as we said on the show, I mean, last week was your, your week to get in on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Coleman's just like the best ever. So he'll, he'll get his, his numbers. It's more, I would more, I would more worry about uh, Jay Lee. Like it seemed like Katie Cannon got more work than him last week, which was a change from the prior weeks. So Lee's kind of to the periphery for me. Cannon, I think is a great GPP consideration at the very least. Let's see what he's priced at uh, 6,300. Yeah. Cannon, Cannon's a guy that I like, especially just because if the West Virginia defense is, as competent as it's looked to this point, they just might devise some sort of remotely viable scheme of slowing down Coleman just enough to get, you know, just enough to get the progressions tilted toward Cannon's side for a little bit more than what's been the case to this point. Uh, but I'd, yeah, I'd like to apologize to Corey just on behalf of uh, two thirds of the the college football podcast. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they can slow you down, man. Uh, that's just Mario. Uh, hypothesizing strangely i, I have without coleman reason. in my lineup I, <laughs> there's enough value uh value plays at, at running back and and receiver you know 6600 and down uh to where i was able to fit coleman in pretty comfortably and i i feel good about it I play think. coleman you guys i'm not saying <laughs> don't play coleman i'm just i'm just saying C- correct me if i'm wrong too but i believe west virginia lost one of its best players in the secondary uh, uh yeah escaping? carl joseph i believe so that that actually is a is a huge loss for them but uh yeah i mean it's again i i think baylor wins this pretty safely but like that 21 and a half i think i think it's pretty easy to get to get like a 17 or a 14 instead of a 21 but um yeah whatever coleman's obviously great uh shock linwood's really great running back he's he's producing at a very high level right now now do you think you know last week everybody in that backfield kind of had a day because of the nature of that game but might Linwood get you know maybe close to a season high in carries in this one yeah he could I mean this is by far their most competitive game to this point and I I think it's pretty clear he's their best running back so it makes sense for them to lean on him more than they have to this point if if they think that uh, you know they basically need to raise their level of play which they do so uh, the question I guess is just like how tough is that West Virginia defense going to play against him 
how how many of the touchdowns is he going to have shares of also you like, every week this is the case but if Devin Chafin's back he I don't know if he played last week with that hamstring injury but if Devin Chafin's back that's a red zone vulture right there so that's those are the the same concerns as always with Linwood his production has been a little inflated because of Chafin being out so uh I, I he's he's really really good and I'm not going to tell you to not pick him but I probably won't pick Linwood at 8100 all right, so the the next game on the the slate, and actually the one that I think I'm probably gonna have the most action in uh, this week is the Tulsa at Eastern Oof. Carolina game. Tulsa, Tulsa is just one of the best teams and, in the country to watch right now. And They're it's awesome. and, and the nice thing is, is Tulsa's dogs, you know, on the road, ten and a half point dogs over under seventy eight. And Kevon Lucas is out, so it's a lot kind of easier, I think, to kind of predict how those targets are going to go in that, that wide receiving core. Are you guys looking at uh, K.R.S. Garrett at 6,600 and, and Josh Atkinson at 6,600 and, and really kind of trying to find a way to get one or both of those guys in? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, K.R.S. Garrett and uh, Joshua Atkinson are both really good. Uh, for them being the same price, though, I'm going Garrett like at least nine times out of ten, just because I think he's the better player. I think he's definitely an NFL player. Okay. Not that Atkinson can't be one too. I, I just think Garrett is has. I think he's better than people have guessed, uh, just because Keevan Lucas, who is obviously in his, in his own kind of category of greatness, uh, was also there. But uh, Garrett can go off. I like him a little bit. There, there. Some of the other prices in this game alone at receiver, however, especially Isaiah Jones and Trevon Brown, fifty nine hundred for Jones, forty eight hundred for Brown, who has subtly been an absolute touchdown machine going back to last year before injury ended it. Uh, he's good. Be sold on Trevon Brown. Uh, the only thing limiting the Eastern Carolina receivers is this whatever the snap split is going to be between quarterback Blake Kemp, who throws the ball and James Summers who runs it a lot more. So hopefully ho- I'm hoping that Kemp is the quarterback they go with the whole time, even though Summers appears to be very good uh, just because I'm kind of banking on Isaiah Jones and Trevon Brown doing something this week. It looked, it looked to me last week that, um, that ECU went to Kemp for, for the majority of the game. Like Summers got off to a good start, had like 50 rushing yards in the first quarter or something like that. And then it seemed to be Kemp the rest of the way. And I think that definitely, if it's Kemp, then absolutely Isaiah Jones. Well, I mean, just based on the line, Vegas is basically saying they're going to get to 45 points. So that, I mean, that makes it sort of seem that if you have guys that are definitely going to be involved and and they're below 6,000, like... Yeah, the game flow is the concern because it's not easy to guess how it's going to go because I think Kemp will start. Like, the, the air raid offense obviously runs on a quarterback who can throw the ball, and Kemp can do that or at least is trusted to do it more than summers. So him, if he's, he starts a game, that's great. A very good chance that uh, both Isaiah Jones and Trevon Brown uh, reach value in a hurry even, and then exceed it too. But uh, the worry is if EC, if East Carolina gets a big lead, that's when you worry about summers coming in to run out the clock. Um, so you want you, if you believe Tulsa is going to be competitive and I do, I th- I don't think that Phil Montgomery in that offense are going to, you know, by a big margin at any way, be trailing ECU. Uh, I feel like they're going to go with Kemp most of the game, but um, yeah, fourth quarter, even if it's just like a 10 point lead, as opposed to like a 14 or something fourth quarter, I think high probability we'll see James summers come in. 
Uh, but still, th- at those prices, I, I think Brown and Jones could reach value in one half, let alone you know three or four quarters. Do you like any of the running backs in this game and in Zach Langer or, or Chris Harrison? Or- Not Langer. Uh, 7,300 is way too much for an inefficient runner like that, although he does have a stranglehold on their touchdown production. Uh, Chris Harrison at 5,300 is an excellent value, uh, be it Kemp or Summers. But especially Summers, he's been productive in that offense when the matchup is as good as this one. This is by far his his most uh, most ideal fantasy setting so far this year, I think. He catches a lot of passes, too. So Harrison at 5,300, I like quite a bit. All right. Uh, Texas Tech, 31-point favorites at Kansas. The, the soon-to-be-departing the Big 12 Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, Over-under there is 75 and a half. Uh, what I thought was kind of most interesting here is, you know, you kind of have FanDuel, or it looks like to me at least that they, they're predicting that Patrick Mahomes has a, has a pretty short day. He's 9,300, obviously. The second most uh, expensive player in this entire matchup is Davis Webb at 8,100. Yeah, I don't think one half of Davis Webb is worth 8,100, no, so I probably no won't pick him. But I, mean, I also won't pick Mahomes. Does that, that is kind of like enough of like a, hey, don't pick Mahomes kind of sign though uh, I, mean, like, I mean i don't know that the price on web is what leads us to that conclusion as much as just remembering what kansas is mm-hmm. uh so yeah kansas, kansas yeah. kind of does we, all the explaining there. Are, kansas kansas um, we got lost in all these numbers <laughs> and silly you know matrix figures and stuff but we came back to earth and recall that you're just the worst yeah. so now uh, well to that end deandre washington 7100 is that is that worth dipping into the I feel like over 6,000 for a guy who might be over at halftime is Uh is kind of quite a bit but uh our guy Justin Stockton is almost at the minimum Ah. for 5,000 and uh I mean it's he does not get that big big of a workload there but he always goes off Mm -hmm. like he's so explosive he always has you know ridiculous numbers like eight yards a carry 15 a catch he only needs 10 touches to give you like 16 points and he's he's doing it every week so far. On an, it's improbable given how small his workload is, but I think it's been convincing at this point. And he, there's reason to believe he'll get more playing time than ever in this game. Yeah, I mean, Kansas kind of, they lay down in the first quarter. So, I mean, imagine how easy the yards will be in that uh, third and fourth quarter there for, for a guy like Stockton. That's definitely a, a pretty good call. Um, Does that you- change your opinion on uh, Jakeem Grant at all, though? Do you think he's just going to kind of pull a Corey Coleman and just rack up enough points in the first half to, to still hit value. I kind of feel like, yeah, I'm not, I I actually like grant quite a bit at that price. I don't know how much of a ceiling, but a cash game for sure. I like him because the thing is, um, Texas tech doesn't spread the ball around as much as you would think, like at least on a, a per target kind of basis, because it's their with their volume. They spread the ball around a ton, but Jakeem grant is like, the one a and you know one b receiver in that offense because like devin lauderdale who's perceived to be on a similar tier doesn't get i I bet he doesn't even get like half as many targets as jakeem grant it's just like when he does catch a ball it's like 25 yards of automatic but with grant he gets short routes deep routes both he's a workhorse receiver 6900 i yeah the, the odds of him not getting in on the bonanza are just so low tony brown definitely not on that tier tony after, brown after what he did what are you doing week. yeah that was zach austin you that was guys disappointing uh, you know i just maybe reginald that. davis though he yeah he, he, he was like i hate 
college football coaches so much. Uh, like they, they, they released a depth chart before the game saying like Reginald Davis is a backup now behind uh, J Jaday and height or something and jet and Zach Austin. And of course, like he goes in and scores a touchdown and he's like their second most productive receiver. Um, so I guess if, if tech gives another depth chart saying uh, Reginald Davis is a backup, you can just ignore that. But uh, Devin Lauderdale is back, which mm-hmm. complicates things. So uh, 5,700 is a totally decent GPP price for Lauderdale. Like he can, against a team like Kansas, he can turn three catches into 120 and three touchdowns. So sure. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's a good GPP target at 5,700, but he's just so hit or miss. I probably won't approach him in a cash game setting. All right. Uh Probably a better real life game than than fantasy, but but interesting nonetheless. Old Miss, ten and a half point favorites at Memphis over under there sixty four and a half. Uh, where do you guys see? I mean, are there any values here? Or are you just kind of looking at the top guys and trying to trying to pick something on the Old Miss side there? Well, right off the top, um, I thought the Chad Kelly uh, was a really nice play here amongst the expensive quarterbacks. Um, you know, you compare like we talked about with, with Russell and Mahomes. He's almost a grand cheaper than Mahomes. I think he's going to be able to play most of the game because Memphis mm-hmm. will will be able to stay with them at least a bit offensively. I think Chad Kelly's going to be throwing it a bunch. I think he's going to turn in a really really big day actually. Yeah, Chad Kelly's an awesome pick this week. He's it, people haven't quite noticed it, but he's basically their lead runner in addition to being a prolific passer capable of putting up 303 touchdowns against any defense, it seems uh, Memphis is, is, an, is as a program on an amazing trajectory. They, they started from scratch basically like th- a few years ago, or at least, you know, they had nothing much going for them. And now uh, a team like Mississippi is kind of a little bit concerned that they have to go play them on the road, which mm-hmm. based on like a, what, what, where they were a few years ago is just amazing. But um yeah, I don't. I don't know that I, there's much to like in the Memphis side for fantasy purposes. Their receivers rose, rotate, rotate, rotate. Was in, it was assumed for a while that Moe's Frazier was their like workhorse receiver, but he wasn't. They they rotate a lot. Uh, Anthony Miller is a good young receiver. Uh, May he's a good young receiver. Uh, Tevin Jones was one of their leading receivers a year ago, and he's been pushed to the background because these young guys are better now. Um, I do like. I'm. I, I haven't been able to scan the whole. Uh, price spe- spectrum at running back as a GPP only consideration. I kind of a little bit like Sam Craft at 6200, uh, just because I feel like he is game flow proof at running back. He's he's kind of like a he's kind of like a hybrid of a wide receiver. So he's their passing down back if they're playing catch up, which they probably will. If we are correct that Chad Kelly will go off, which he will. Um, then Craft has to play passing downs. So he can get uh, catches. He'll run the ball. He's kind of like their starting running back too, uh, but yeah, not not someone to approach in any cash uh, scenario. But I feel like uh, if if we if we really think Memphis is is a ten point spread in this game, I think Kraft gets in on whatever you know production what allowed that to be the case. Yeah, that's a lot of a lot of respect for Memphis there, but um, yeah, I don't. I I would take Mississippi to to win by like fourteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, Oregon State at Washington State. Uh, Washington State eight point favorites there. Over under fifty nine and a half. Uh, I mean, I feel like we're talking about Washington State every single week. We've kind of been over how their their wide receivers sort of break down there at the top. But uh, what do you guys think? I mean, is this 
going to be too low scoring to, to pay up for a guy like Luke Falk? I'm usually kind of just skeptical of Luke Falk since it's it's hard to get really top level quarterback fantasy production in college if you don't have someone who can run at least a little bit and Falk can run a little bit but it's it's not what his scheme calls for and that the number of pass attempts that it does call for opens him up to a lot of sack risk which is going to show up in his rushing yardage um, as, as far as the rest of the game I mean I kind of think the Oregon State offense has some GPP value here. If Seth Collins is in, which I believe he's fully expected to play, yeah. despite getting banged up last week, uh, he can run. As, as as I was talking about the last one, he can't really throw the ball, but a lot of people who can't throw the ball can against Washington State. And uh, 6,900, Collins can run. I I think there's a really good chance that he, he uh, approaches the century mark on the ground in this game. But um, otherwise, Gabe Marks at 6,600 is an awesome play. Like I, I, Oregon State, uh, I expect their defense to get better as the year goes on. But to this point, it's not built to compete with a Washington State type offense. Marks at 6,600 is awesome, awesome bargain that I would attack a lot. River Craycraft and Dom Williams at barely lesser price than Gabe Marks is just nuts. I probably wouldn't approach those guys just because Craycraft doesn't have the explosiveness or touchdown potential to really make him worth building around and Dom Williams um, is just expensive enough to kind of turn me off to the possibility of rostering him in a GPP setting. But the other two Oregon state guys, storm bars, woods, the running back uh, 5,700. Uh, there's just been some weird game flow scenarios that have reduced his workload as, as Oregon state's fallen behind to Stanford. Um, can't remember the other ones, but uh He's a good player, and I can see him getting a big workload in this game despite not getting one previously. At 5,700, that's cheap. And he's he's also in the game plan when they fall behind because he's he's a really good pass-catching back. That hasn't really shown up this year either, but um, this, is, this is a setting for a team like Oregon State that I think is going to improve as the year goes along. Uh, I think this level of competition is a setting where it might have a chance to come into some early fruition um and also jordan villeman the receiver for oregon state uh he's he's kind of probable with an injury he was he's been like limited in practice but he he's done some contact drills at least 5500 he's really big really athletic uh one of the top nfl prospects at receiver despite the general lack of uh attention to this point all right uh I try to breeze through some of these middle ones so that John can can talk about some of these putrid Big Ten games at the bottom of the slate. My favorite. Uh, Louisiana Tech at Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State, 13.5 point favorites over under 58. You guys like either of the quarterbacks here, Dak Prescott, 8,600, or Jeff Driscoll, 7,700? Uh, I wasn't particularly high on either of those guys uh, for, uh, for this game. I think Driscoll, you uh, might be a little bit uh, you might run into some trouble against an SEC defense. Maybe you have some uh, Florida, you know, kind of Vietnam-esque flashbacks. <laughs> sure, sure. Dak is great, but, um, I mean, Chad Kelly's cheaper, and I have yeah. Kelly ranked higher outright. Oklahoma, four-and-a-half-point favorites at uh, Kent State, or, or Kansas State, I should say. Uh, Over-under, 56. Um, Baker Mayfield, uh, aforementioned 8900 uh wouldn't touch that Hard pass. Um, <laughs> trying trying to be objective here but no way baker mayfield no way yeah i mean his parents named him baker um that's right. a profession not a name <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay um 
Candlestick Maker Perrine. No, no, that's that's not his name. Um, Samaj Perrine, 7,300. 7, Sterling Shepard, 7,200. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anybody that jumps out there? Is Sterling uh, Shepard ever going to go off? I don't I don't know. I think there's a conspiracy in play to hold him back. I, I don't know whether he can defeat the Illuminati himself, but uh, sorry. It, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kansas State's defense is pretty good. It's not the setting that I would bet on for it happening, but he can do it. He's good enough. Actually, he will, Baker Mayfield actually probably will go off uh, just to just, spite, just to just to stick it to everything. us. Yeah, yeah, just know. But, don't uh, try to out hate us, Baker. <laughs> you won't win this one. No, he might. He might have a little. You're not going to out hate us. Three of us. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Kent State at UMass. UMass seven point favorite. Top tight end on the slate. Oh. Rodney Mills. He's like the number two receiver in that offense. Got to wow. play him. Look at that. There you go. And Tajay Sharp is great. Some awesome 3, play. Three hundred. Yeah, Rodney Rodney Mills has like legit wide receiver two upside at thirty three hundred. You have to pick him. Nice. Or uh, you don't have to. I I, I have no authority to force want. that upon do you. Do what you want. But you do have to pick Tajay Sharp at 7,900. <laughs> um, uh, Syracuse at Virginia. Virginia seven-point favorites. Over under 40, 54, I should say. Uh, this line seems a little weird to me. Uh, do you guys see anything there? Kanan Severin's always pretty good, but I, I don't care about this game. I don't think no. any, I'll have anybody from either team. Alabama four point favorites at Texas A and M over under there is fifty two and a half. Anything to see here? Is I mean this seems like maybe a game that Derrick Henry could go off. That's at. a great price for Henry. Absolutely yeah. seventy three hundred Derrick Henry. Uh, I'd be worried about uh, playing the A and M guys. Uh, you know Christian Kirk. I think you know for how for how good he is. I think he's going to have a bit of a down week. I think is going to try to take him out of the game uh that's a that's like by far his highest price at this point too right like that's that's just yeah he's like the fifth most expensive receiver on this slate which is just not appropriate for the matchup but um yeah i i think derrick henry at 7300 is one of the very best plays on this slate at any position uh virginia tech at miami miami's six point favorites over under there is 52 uh, a lot of pricey miami guys given the the kind of the game and the way that it's projected to be sort that, of low scoring that's what a tie does for you man it raises your value <laughs> al golden's players are benefiting from his fashion choices nice um i think we have a typo in our in our price listing here that's okay but um I did, I did see one one play that I liked on the Virginia Tech side. Uh, Trayvon McMillan, he uh, he just got named the starter oh. for this week. He's fifty five hundred, and he's going against a defense that just got shredded by Dalvin Cook. And he, he's, he's not, done he's really not, well, he, absolutely. And I mean, it's not like he's going to put up Dalvin Cook numbers, but I think at fifty five hundred, he's definitely a, a value guy that I'm targeting. Nice, yeah. Uh, Pitt at Georgia Tech. Georgia Ugh. Tech three and a half point favorites there. Forty nine and a half is the over under. I could get some hate going on this one, especially the <laughs> Pittsburgh backfield. <laughs> but um, yeah, Kadre Allison was like looking like the, he'd be the workhorse beast. He fumbles, and then they go back to this other guy, Chris James, and he goes crazy. While I am investing heavily in Allison's uh, outcomes, but uh, Chris James looks good. Actually, it's not like he doesn't deserve it. So. Uh, stupid running back by committee might happen there. So, uh, and Tyler Boyd at 7,300. I don't think he can give you the yards per target, touchdowns per target rates that you need to really make him worth paying up for at that price. But he's awesome. He, he could he could go off. He's good enough. All right, we got to the the nasty games, the the gross games, Ugh. the the John John McKechnie specialties here. We got uh, <laughs> Purdue at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 
24 point favorites in this one. <laughs> 24 uh, nothing. <laughs> I'm telling you. It seriously <laughs> might, be, might be the score. That's what it'll be. Um, anything you like there, Jan? Uh, there, there's nothing. Uh, I'm only just going <laughs> to give you warnings. Please don't make listeners watch this game. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't avert your eyes, please. Uh, Markel Jones is, is so good, but... You know, Daryl Hazel continues to just like forget him on the bus yeah. or something. So I didn't forget him on my bus, and yeah, he was yeah, that hurt. Uh, so he's that was like getting DJ DJ Knox uh, at their running back, and you know he's going to be running into a brick wall in Wisconsin's defense. So I don't like anything on Purdue's side, um, and I think Dario Gumbawale at, at sixty eight hundred, I believe. I think it's a bit too pricey uh, for what he's going to give you. He'll probably you know hit the 100-yard mark, but I don't see him uh, quite hitting where you want him to be for for that price. Alex Erickson, I think, is a slight consideration at receiver just because, like, all. oh, also, tight end, tight end number two, yes. if you were so foolish as to not pick Rodney Mills. Actually, totally good player and a good, good enough reason to uh, retract my previous decree on Rodney Mills. You can also pick Troy Fumagalli at tight end. He's really good, actually, and they've... Uh, Stave's been throwing to the tight end in the red zone every game so far, except Alabama when they uh, probably didn't get to a red zone. But oh, snap! <laughs> uh, I thought that was just kind of like being responsible, right, factual, right. and yeah. stuff. But Erickson sixty one hundred gets a ton of targets. Um, if if the running game for Wisconsin doesn't get going, which I can easily see happening, I don't think Dar is a good player, but he's not Wisconsin starting running back good. No. Um, if that running game sputters at all, Erickson could go off. And to a lesser extent, Rob Wheelwright has a little bit of skill too. One thing you do have to look out for there is Taiwan Deal. Uh, if he doesn't play, Agumawale's uh, yeah. uh, workload is going to go up. Yep. If 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 Deal is out, Agumawale gets a lot of carries and, and probably catches too. A lot of three yard carries. Yeah. Can we skip the Nebraska Minnesota game, or is there something there, Dan? Well, I think uh, I need to atone for my sins last week because you know uh, Shannon Brooks, he's a true freshman uh, running back at Minnesota. He's a guy that we talked about in the office yeah. Saturday. Fit yeah. him into we our We kept lineups. that one from you guys. Yeah. I, Actually, I was that was the late breaking right. Rodney Smith injury. Uh, we, we, uh, yeah, that was actually a John find like literally 30 minutes before kickoff. Uh, so Shannon Brooks, he's at 6,300 this week going against Nebraska. Um, you just have to realize that Minnesota can't throw the football. Accurate. So uh, more accurate than Mitch Leidner. Huh? Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. We're just <laughs> no. trying to be responsible here. Uh, so he's going to be a guy down the line that you're going to w- want to look for, but I'm not so sure at 6,300 against Nebraska. Um, he would be the best play here probably, and I'm not even sure I'm going to use him. I want to mention quickly, minus 2.5 for Minnesota is insane. I don't, I don't understand what people are looking at here. Like I know Tommy Armstrong's had a rough couple of weeks, but you, you wait and see the like, Sorry, James. Nebraska is going to win by like oh, seventeen I, or I something. I don't care. I don't care. We'll D- get to, Pearson we'll get L is going to score three touchdowns himself, and Minnesota won't score two. Punts. So the Gophers are going to get the number one pick in the Big Ten next year. Um, <laughs> so Louisville at Florida State. Florida State seven point favorites. Over under is forty six. Uh, Dalvin Cook eighty nine hundred. Is I don't know. Is that is that worth it? I'm not going to go at it a lot, but Cook is insane right now. Mm. I can't bet against him. All right, Agreed. that's that's fair. Uh, Vanderbilt at uh, South Carolina. South Carolina, three-point favorites here. Over-under is 44. Uh, any kind of inkling as to how the, the Spurrier thing affects SC? Or, I mean, w- they're not on the slate, but the other SC also, uh, without the coach they had to start the season, 
any any kind of ripple effects from those two coaching changes that you guys see real quick i'm not even sure how much spurrier was even coaching these guys was he kind of doing with? the paterno like just kind of yeah, walking he's around kind of letting his guys uh letting his coaching staff do the work for him and you know if i was him and i was seven years old and perry orth was who i had to look at as my starter i'd probably just want to quit too he definitely seemed to be in more of like a jimmy buffett concert <laughs> state than like a guy who wants to go grind at training camp so that could be totally accurate i i i would think that there would be some kind of effect if only like maybe south carolina is going to be a little bit deflated i don't know like losing a coach like that probably isn't like a super exciting thing but uh in any case i'm not approaching this game from any angle uh both defenses are good both offenses are bad i wonder if that over under is like 10 points too high Mm -hmm. uh not going there uh, Michigan State at Michigan. Uh, Michigan eight and a half point favorites. In this oh, game. that's a bit. I was yeah. not expecting that. Everyone knows. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's secrets they've, out. They've I stolen guess. it from me. But uh, <laughs> um, one thing that that you know you might look at from Michigan State side is Madre London is a little bit banged up, and that every other week, other than this week, that, that would make me play L.J. Scott in a lot of places. But I think Michigan is going to absolutely steamroll. Sparty at home, uh, and I don't think Scott's going to find any room to run. I'd stay away from any sort of Michigan State play in this one. And I think that with Devion Smith still kind of getting his workload back up to where it was, um, I'm not sure that any one Michigan running back is going to get enough carries to be worth your time. I can see Davian Smith being worth it uh, just because he he looks pretty beastly right now. He got kind of like the tune-up game last week. And I think being like the kind of rivalry, high visibility game this is, I don't think Harbaugh will really take the pedal off unless it's, you know, something I like mean, 20 it's, points. It's a big 10. Like, yeah, I, I don't even take the, I think he's, off? I think like, he's going to keep stomp. <laughs> I think he'll kick them while they're down. Right. Uh, I mean, I think, you I think D'Antonio would do the exact same thing right, if he could. Yeah. I mean, you could talk yourself at any point in this game just to saying, Oh, well, we got to keep, we got to keep playing and got to keep trying to score here. So then, then he might just try to score with his fourth running back and yeah. just, just show what, what kind of depth he has. All right, uh, Iowa. Wow, I mean that, this game. This might be. This is just stay away. Uh, Iowa two and a half point favorites at Northwestern over under forty. Uh, I'm guessing you're staying away from the the Iowa guys that you've been trotting out in recent weeks. Winsery we, we, deserves a shout out for what he did last week, but I'm, I'm not touching him this week. I I actually think he's an okay cash game play at 6900 uh just cuz his volume is huge and he's good and I think Northwestern's going to give them short fields. Clayton Thorson is just the worst of all time. Uh the worst quarterback I've seen since Trevor Simeon and it's I don't know how they're going to get any traction against Yeah, he did. Oh man. Uh nice work Denver, but anyway, yeah, this game is something to pretty much avoid categorically otherwise. All right, uh, Rutgers at Indiana. This one's only last because the the line is not out. The over-under is not available. I'm guessing that means there's an injury. Sudfeld at quarterback in addition to Jordan Howard at running back. Uh, I I feel more confident that Sudfeld's going to be back, Uh, you know, not necessarily because his ankle is healthier than Howard's, but with Xander Diamond uh, getting all sorts of banged up last week, they do not want to put Danny Cameron at quarterback. They want to have some pride and beat Rutgers. I think Sudfeld's going to be in this game. Doesn't mean I'm going to play him, though. Yeah, I don't. Indiana is not as pass happy as they were in the uh, 
what's his name days i can't even whatever it's stupid quarterback they used to have um or wait no that was Sutfield too i was thinking of uh way back when they had ben chapel um anyway uh they they were pretty run heavy they, they're gonna give divine redding a lot of work uh I, I don't know how explosive the indiana offense is in general but i i do think on the rutgers side Carew's an obvious obvious target after last week and he's he's really good last week was no fluke uh, I do worry about Chris Laviano tanking him, though, like he did in the Washington State game. Laviano's the worst ever. But uh, the really interesting target for me in this game, and I can't tell if his price is low because of what I will have to go and assume was an aberration last week, but uh, Rutgers running back Josh Hicks, who had been the clear lead running back for like all the year, really, uh, had only seven carries last week against Michigan State, and then Robert Martin had like thirteen, who, I believe. Yeah, Robert Martin had thirteen. I can't find anything about injury to Hicks. Um, it could there could be just like a full blown committee here, so it's it's uh, tournament only consideration here. But uh, Martin's really good, but Hicks was ahead of him, and he's sixty three hundred going against Indiana. I don't think Indiana can stop either of those guys. I can see them both having good games, actually. Uh, so, yeah, Hicks at 6,300 is pretty interesting. I don't know where Martin is at. I'm guessing he's lower by a decent amount. Um, yeah, he's only 4,800. So, I guess if, if you if you think I'm just wrong about Hicks being the lead guy, maybe you should find that much more value in Martin at a substantially lower price. But either way, they're both really good. And, I can, again, I can kind of see them both going off because uh, Rutgers would be wise to keep Laviano's pass attempts to a minimum. All right. I uh, think that does it for us today. Uh, again, I'm James Anderson. You can find me on Twitter at RealJRAnderson. I apologize if the, the sound quality wasn't quite up to what you've become used to because we're recording in a different studio today. We don't have all the, the fancy uh, stuff on the walls to, to make it sound better. But uh, obviously joined by John McKechnie. John, where can they find you on Twitter? At Johnny McKex. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S. And Mario Puig. I am at NFL uh, draft underscore RW. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks again. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.